Hey, Chavah, what's going on? Welcome back to Babel on Talmud. Today we are studying Daf Yud Ches of Masechta Eruvin, Daf 18. Um, today we are going to begin the second parak of Masechta Eruvin. It's a pretty cool Daf, you know, it talks about Pase Beiraos. Um, these like interesting kind of walls that you can construct around a well that is in the public area in the Rishasarabim. Um, so the beginning, you know, right when the Gemara starts, we have a little cute little machlokas over there. And then we get into some interesting agaritas. Uh, a lot of it will be chazara from Masech the Brachis. And then some of it won't be. And they're very interesting stuff. So, friends, let's jump into it. We are going to begin on Daf Yud Zayin Amud Beis at the sparkling new parak. Osin pasin leveiraos arba diomdin nir kishmonet divir Rabbi Yehuda. So remember, we've seen pasin beiraos a few times already. It's basically they would construct these wells um, on in in their shusarabim, so that people who were traveling to Jerusalem for the holidays they would have access to water. So they would construct these wells, and then. Around, you know, now there was an interesting question though, which is that the well is 10 Tvachim deep and 4 Tvachim by 4 Tvachim wide, so it's its own Rosh Hashayachid. Now, if people are traveling in Rosh Hashayachid, and they take water from the well, which is Rosh Hashayachid, and they're standing in Rosh Hashayachid, they can't actually drink this water for themselves, for their animals, so on Shabbos. So what they did was they created these interesting walls called Pase Beiraos, which you know, from sort of a strict understanding of walls, they shouldn't work because one of the wall, one of the rules when it comes to walls, as we know, is that it can't be parts mubala omen. There can't be more space than wall. The big chiddush by pasibayros is it's actually almost entirely space, and still it works. And the way that you construct pasibayros is that you basically create these four corners around the well. And in each of the corners, you have one ama in, in that direction. So meaning you can have like an L shape in the corner. So let's just take the northern side of the well. So you'll have an L shape on the right side, an L shape on the left side, right? And you'll have one ama on the northern side coming in from the right and one ama coming in from the left. And now if we take, let's say, the eastern side, so then you got one ama from the top right and you got one ama on the bottom right and you basically have these L shapes that are one ama in each direction and by having these L shapes in the corners that is considered enough to be a wall and you can now extract water from the well and put it in this enclosed area and it's all one Rosh and that is acceptable, or at least it's all just Rishosayachid, and it's acceptable. So that's what we're talking about with these Pase Beiros. So it's in Pase and the Beiros, Aibad Yomdin Nirin Kishmone, Divra Biuda. So according to Biuda, so you create these Pase Beiros, and you have four of these Diomdin. They're called Diomdin. The Gemara is going to explain why they're called Diomdin. It's for Dio, which means two, Amudin, which is um, beams. So, you know, each one of these L shapes basically is representing two walls. So, you have four of these diomdin 
and each of these, each one of these diomdin is keilu two walls. So four of these diomdin nirim kishmona, they're like eight because four times two for the two walls that they represent. So that is how you create these diomdin according to Yehuda. Reb Meir Omer shmona nirim kishnei masar. Whereas Rumeri disagrees and he says actually it's not four diomdin, it's eight. And it looks like twelve. Because according to Rumeir, and the Gemara is going to explain what the Machlokas is in what context, but according to Rumeir, you actually need the four diomdin that Rabbi Yehuda has, plus another one ama, you know, board in the middle of the wall. Okay, so you have the four corners and each one of those is like an L-shape. So each one is like two walls. So you have four times two is eight. Plus in between each of these diomdin, you would have another one ama thing. And therefore that adds one, you know, another one for each wall. So it's eight plus four is 12. Okay. Arba diomdin varba pshutin. There you go. That according to Amir, you have these four diomdin and then four just regular slats um, in the middle of each of those four sides. Govan asarat fachim. Now the height of the diomdin is ten fachim tall. Virochban shisha, and their uh, length or width is six fachim, which of course is an am. Okay. Vovim koshu, and their thickness is just whatever. It makes no difference. Uvenayen kimloshte rivakos shalosh shalosh bakor diver now, how wide can these, the space in between the diomdin be, right? So basically these diomdin are these L shapes in the four corners, according to a mayor. There's additionally, you know, no, uh, like another slack, slat or something in the middle of each of these walls. Now, how much space are you allowed to have, right? The big chiddish of pasibiros is that though it's most, it's more space than it is these wall parts. So how much space is there allowed to be? How much gap? So, Rabbi Meir says, enough space for two teams that consist of three cows in each team, right? So, Kilo, if you take three cows and you join them together to create one team of cows, so it's enough, uh, so that you're allowed to have enough space between these diomdin that two of these teams, i.e. basically six cows, can fit over there. Rabbiuda Omer, whereas Rabbiuda disagrees with Rabbiuda and he says, Shall Arba Arba, that each team is actually four cows, okay, Kshuris Vilomutaris, and they are tied, they are not free, and the Gemara is going to explain how come we have to point out that they're tied and they're not free. If they're tied, obviously they're not free. Achas Nechneses Vachas Yotzes, and Kilu, the point is, you can have one team of cows going into this area, while you'll have another one leaving the area. And that way they can go in to get their drink and then leave. So you have enough space for that. You can make this these pasiberos small, i.e. the area that they contain, a small area. You can get them close to the, to the well. As long as there's enough space surrounding the well before the demarcated area, of the pasiberos in between the well and the demarcated area, as long as there's enough uh, space for a cow to get its entire head and the majority of its body into that area. Vishosa, and it should be able to drink. Mutter laharchik kolshu, 
And you can make the pasiberos as large as you want. You can make it a really big area. As long as you're going to um, increase these boards accordingly, right? So you can make this pasiberos area as large as you'd like. However, you know, remember, according to Rabbi Meir, there's a maximum gap area of two teams of three cows each, which the Gemara is going to explain is 10 amos. According to Rabbi Yehuda, there's a maximum of two teams of four cows each, which is a maximum of 13 and one-third amos. So the mission is saying that you can increase the area of the pasiberos of this Rishush and make it as big as you want, but do be uh, careful to make sure that there is never going to increase more than the maximum gap area between these um, kind of boards that you're going to have to be adding to the pasiberos to make sure that there's never larger than the maximum amount of gap. Rabbi Yehuda Omer Yehuda says, however, that there is a maximum um, area for pasiberos, which is a base sa'asayim, this tusa area. Amrulo, the rabbi said to Rabbi Yehuda, lo amru base sa'asayim, el legino One second. This maximum of a base sa'asayim is specifically in the context of a garden or a karpaf, Right, areas that are not specifically made for diur, for inhabiting. Aval, Maya, Dir, Osar, However, if the area that we're talking about is a fold or a corral, it's like these areas that are made for animals. Oh, or the area, or a backyard, or a front yard. Kilu, areas that are made for, for living, because even the, as Rashi says, Later on, that even these uh, areas for animals, the, the shepherd will sleep in these areas. So then, you can even have an area of five core or ten core, which is a humongous, very, very large space, right? Meaning one core is 30 sa'a. So whereas a beauty gives a maximum of two sa'a, we're saying five core or ten core. That's, that's a lot. So, so, and these pasiberos, they're made for inhabiting because the whole point is that people should be able to go there and drink there and it's for people's use. So therefore, they're arguing against Rabbi Yehuda and saying that pasiberos should really have no limit to how, wide, how large they can be. And then interestingly, the Gemara, the Mishnah seems to be repeating itself and says, And you can make the pasiberos as large as you want as long as you add pasin, these boards um, accordingly. Says the Gemara, so let's say that our mission is not like Hananya. So our mission is talking about these Paseberos, right? Putting these L-shaped corners around wells. So now, the thing is, our, our mission is talking about wells. What's going to come up now is the question is going to be, is there enough community between a well, which is, um, has natural spring water and basically you can assume that there's always going to be water there versus a bore which is a watering hole which is um i guess more uh, you have to fill it up and there's not necessarily always water over there so can you say that pasiberos works for a watering hole as well so let's say that our mishnah is not like hananya how come titania because we learn in a brisa osim pasin livor that you can make pase beiraos also for watering holes. 
Now, if you want to create a Rishus Ayachid for like the caravans, like we were talking about for the past few days, um, so then you would actually have to make a real wall, albeit maybe a lovewood wall, but it would actually have to be a real wall. So, you know, as far as we're concerned, it's considered enclosed. But Hananya Omer says, Whereas Hananya says that even for a watering hole, you need, um, lovewood walls. Okay, you have to make real walls. For a watering hole, you cannot have, you cannot use these L-shaped corners. So the Gemara wants to assume that since Hananya says that you cannot work with Pase Beiraos for a watering hole, he must also assume that you cannot use Pase Beiraos by a well, as our Mishnah says that you can. But the Gemara says, no, you can even say that Hananya would be in tow with our Mishnah because um, even though Hananya says that you cannot employ Pasiberos for watering holes, he very well might say that you can use Pasiberos for a well. Ikadamid, those who basically say the same thing but slightly different, which is Midlo Katani Hananya Omer Osan Chavalan Livor Ufasan Liver, from the fact that Hananya didn't specifically say that whereas by a watering hole you need to have walls, but by a well you'd be allowed to create Pasiberos. So Michlal did Hananya Loshna Borv Loshna Bear Chavalan in Pasanlo. So that must mean that from the fact that Hanani didn't explicitly say that you're allowed to use Pase Beiros by wells, it must mean that his opinion of requiring an actual wall for watering holes also applies to wells. To which the Gemara says, Lo, not necessarily. I'm sorry, Chavalin in Pasan Lo, Leva Masis in the Loka Hananya, so therefore the mission must not be Hananya. Filutema Hananya, Limai de Kaamer Tanakama Kamahadila. No, you can even say that, um, the Mishnah, that Hananya can agree with our Mishnah, and he would say that you can create Pasibiros. Well then, how come he didn't say anything about wells in that price? Well, he was just responding to the Tanakama. The Tanakama wasn't talking about wells, he was talking about watering holes about bores. So Hanania said, no, when it comes to a watering hole, you have to create a wall. However, if the, if the Tanakam would have asked Hanania about wells, Hanania may have said that you can, you can use Pasiberos by wells. So, um, you can't, you can't, you know, initially want to say that the Mishnah is not like Hanania, but the Mishnah could be like Hanania. No problem. Okay. So let's say that our Mishnah is not like Rabbi Akiva. Titanan as we learn in the Mishnah, Echad Be'er HaRabim, whether it is a public well, Uvor HaRabim, or whether it is a public watering hole, Uvi'er HaYachid, or a private well. Osin Le'en Pasen, you can do Pase Be'eros, Avabor HaYachid, Osin Le'en Mechitza Gavua Asar, Tvachim Devir Be'ekiva. But if it was a private watering hole, well then, uh, you need to construct proper walls according to Rabbi Akiva. So we want to assume that Rabbi Akiva is being a little bit too permissive because whereas our Mishnah is only talking about wells and saying that by wells you can use Pase Beiraos, doesn't say anything about watering holes, 
Rabbi Akiva seems to be saying that even by watering holes, as, as, as long as it's a public watering hole, so then you can use Pasibiros. Now, the thing is that Pasibiros are only uh, relevant, they're only important because of the fact that there's access to water inside of them. Right? You have this pit, you have this well. The well has water inside of it. So because there's water in there, so these interesting enclosures that we're creating around them with just these L-shaped walls become significant on account of the water that's inside, that they are enclosing. However, in the case of a watering hole, since watering holes can get dried up, so if there's no water over there, then the pasibiros really become irrelevant because they're not really serving a purpose. There's no water for them to enclose. So the thing is, Rabbi Kiva says that as long as it's a public watering hole, well, if it dries up, then people are going to let each other know and, and, and you know, everyone's going to kind of know not to carry in there. However, if it's a private watering hole, well, then word might not spread and people might end up carrying in the pasibiros. So therefore, you, you would not be allowed to um, uh, construct pasibiros if it's just for a private watering hole. And, but for a public watering hole, it would be okay. Right, so the Gemara says, Our Mishnah is only talking about wells. Our Mishnah says that for wells, you can have Pasei Beiros. But we have no indication to say that by any kinds of watering holes, you'd be allowed to construct Pasei Beiros. Yet, Rikiva seems to be saying that at least for public watering holes, you can construct Pasei Beiros. You can even say that Rabbi Akiva can be the author of our Mishnah because... Our Mishnah doesn't necessarily, the author of our Mishnah doesn't necessarily hold, does not necessarily hold that, that constructing Pasibiros for a public, um, watering hole would be a problem. So how come our Mishnah doesn't say anything about watering holes? Because our Mishnah wanted to stick to the easier, kind of more, um, straightforward, clear cut case, which is wells. You're allowed to make pasibiros for wells, and that is that. When it comes to watering holes, it already now already you have to say, well, it depends. If it's public, you can use pasibiros. If it's private, you cannot. So the Gemara, the Mishnah, the author of our Mishnah wanted to avoid sort of the, I guess, trickier case or the case that is not as clear cut, and instead stuck with the clear cut case, which is wells, that you can always create pasibiros for wells. However, when it comes to a watering hole, that the waters are gathered there uh, artificially, that sometimes you could run out of water, and then you know it becomes more complicated. Our Mishnah avoided that, but our Mishnah could totally agree with Rabbi Akiva's opinion that public watering holes you can use pasibiros. Okay. Now the Gemara is going to try another attempt to say that our Mishnah is not like somebody, but in the end say that it could be. Let's say that our Mishnah is not like Rabbi Yudah ben Bava. Rabbi Yudah ben Bava was one of the Asar Arugim Malchus, as was Rabbi Akiva. And the Tanan, as we learn in the Mishnah, Rabbi Yudah ben Bava, Omer, Ein osin pasin elulever arabim bilvad. Says Rabbi Yudah ben Bava that you can only make pasin, a pasin beiraos, for a public well. But even by wells, you would not be allowed to make pasibiros for a private well. Yet our Mishnah says you can make pasibiros. You can make 
these possibilities for right Beiros is plural, implying for public wells and for private and for private wells. Whereas Rabbi ben Bava says you can only use possibilities for public wells. So if you tame Rabbi ben Bava, you can even say that our that our mission is in line with Rabbi ben Bava. Then how do you account for the fact that our mission says Beiros, which is plural, which implies public and private? So my Beiros, Beiros the Alma. No, Beiros doesn't mean two types of wells, public and private. It means Beiros, wells in general. You can make possible Beiros for wells in general, um, but those wells are only going to be public wells, if we wanted to explain our Mishnah like Rabbi Ben Bava. My, okay, so basically, we brought three Tanoim, Hananiah, Rabbi Kiva, and Rabbi Ben Bava, who each have opinions regarding Pasa Beiros. We wanted to say that Maybe let's argue that our Mishnah cannot be like these Tanaim. And in all three cases, we explained how you actually can argue that our Mishnah is in line with their opinions. Now, my Diyumdin, what are these Diyumdin? Amr, Rabbi Yirmiya, Ben Elazar, Diyo, Amudin. Diyumdin means two. Diyo is two. Amudin is pillar, is like beams. So it's like these two beams. Uh, like two walls because it's an L shape and it's got like wall going in two directions. Now, once we mention this Dio thing, this two thing, well, now we get into some interesting other two things. So now the Gemara has like this interesting mnemonic that if you're into mnemonics, feel free to use it. Um, Dio limonada, shavach zunis niskalka bemida shloshim. Shlosha Simen. Okay, you can use these things to remember stuff. Tanan, awesome. We learned over there in Demai, Rabbi Yudah Omer, says Rabbi Yehuda, Kol HaShisen Pturin Chutz Min Adyufra. So when it comes to Shisen, when this came up in Masech the Brachas, Shisen are very bad dates. Uh, was it dates or figs? What do you guys think? Figs. It's very bad figs. So these very bad figs, you don't have to worry about demai since they're so bad. Um, you know, you, you don't have, the the Amara, the Amaretz people who were concerned about maybe they didn't take miser, they have no problem taking miser from these figs because they really it's not such a big deal. Just take miser and separate it. It's not like these are valuable anyways. Um, However, these diufra bad figs um, would be relevant to demai. And you would have to separate your own miser before you eat them. My diufra, what's diufra? Amr ula ilana osa dio peres bashana. It's a type of tree that create that it um, has it um, creates, I guess. Uh, I don't know sprouts, fruits twice a year. That is this diufra. It creates two fruits or, or fruit twice a year. Okay, for those you'd have to separate miser if you want to eat them or if you purchase them from an Ama Arts. Amr Yirmiya ben Elazar, Dio parts of Ponim, Hayilod Adamarishon. Adamarishon was created with two faces, right? On one side was his face, on the other side was Chava. So Adam and Chava were basically created together. Then the Abishter took, um, a nice big axe and hacked him in half or hacked them in half. And that's how Adam and Chava became individuals. Shinamar, as the Pasuk says, Saitani. Right, I created back and forth. I.e., um, Adam Rishon was uh, Adam and Chava were merged into one, and then 
the Abishter took a big axe and hacked them into two. Ksiv, the Pasuk says, So the Pasuk says that God built up this bone into Chava. So Rav Ushmuel, Chad Amr Parsev, Chad Amr Zanav. So it's Machlokus Rav and Shmuel. One said that, like we just said, that Adam and Chava were um, sort of created together and merged into one body. The other one says, the other opinion is that Adam Arishan was actually born with a tail and the Abishter removed the tail from Adam Arishon and built that into Chava. Okay. So if I understand Mandamu who says that do uh, partsufin that there were two that God created them together. I understand then how it says that I created back and forth, right? It was one being with a front and a back that were different. But if you say that Adam Marishan had a tail and God removed the tail and built it into Chava, so then what's Achor Vakedem Tzartani? What does it mean that God created man with a front and a back? What's the whole story over there? No, it's something totally different. Achor Vakedem is not describing Adam Marishan. It's not, this, well, it kind of is, but not describing his physical makeup. It wasn't describing how the front of him was male and the back was female. No, all it's saying is that he was Achor He was the last one created. Yet he's the first to get punished. I understand what it means that he was the last to be created because after all, he was only created on Friday while the rest of creation was created in the days preceding. What does it mean that he's the first to be punished? In what context? So it's not that he was the first to be punished by the Eitzadas, because in that case, um, the first to be punished was the snake, followed by Chava, followed by Adam. So in that sort of chain of events, he was actually the last. Rather, it's talking about the flood. The Pasuk says, that the flood sort of disintegrated all of the um, stuff that was on the land, from man until animal. So we see that man came first by the flood. I understand, according to Mandamar, who says that Adam was created with two sides, really. I understand why in creating Adam, um, it says Vayitzer with two Yuds, each Yud representing a different side of the body. But if you say that Adam Rishon was created with a tail, so then how do you account for the two Yuds? So it's like says, Woe is to me from my Yitzer Hara, and woe is to me from my Creator. Right, woe is me from my Yetzirah that it prevents me from doing what the, what God wants. Woe is to me from my Creator who is going to take account because of my Yetzirah. And that's how you account for the two Yuds, Yotzer and Yetzir. I understand according to Mandam who says, Do partsufen. Now I understand why the Pasuk says that God created them male and female. Mamish, He created one being that was both male and female. 
But if you say that Adam Rishon was created with a tail, so what does it mean that he created man, man and Rish, uh, man and woman? It was only man and tail. So the Rabbi Abou, so rather it's the Rabbi Abou, the Rabbi Abou Rami, Rabbi Abou asked the following question based on seemingly contradictory psukim. On the one hand, Ksiv, Zohar Nukev Abraham. On the one hand, the Pazik says that God created Adam, male and female. Uksiv, yet on the other hand, it says, B'tselem Elokim Baro Oso, that God created him in the image of God. One second. So on the one hand, it says that he created male and female, yet it seems to be talking about only a male. What's going on? So, also So, initially the idea was to create two, male and female. But in the end, all that was created was one was just Adam Arishon with a tail. Okay. Once again, I understand the Manda Amr who says that two uh, sort of sides were created. I understand then what it means. That after the Abishter took his big axe and hacked them in two, so then he had to close up the uh, open wound. But if you say that the Abishter uh, plucked off a tail from other Mauritian and built that into Chava, so what um, open wound did he have to close? Well, there's still a little wound where he plucked off the tail, so he had to close that up. Alright, very nice. I understand according to Mandam who says that Adam Rishon Taka had a tail. I understand that what it means that, that the Abish tried to build up this tail into a human being, into Chava. But if you say that Adam Rishon was created with these two faces, so what did he have to build up into Chava? Everything was over, 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 Adam and Chava were both there already. They just had to be hacked in two. So what we learn out from Vayiven in that case is from like Rabshim Ben-Menasha, that the Abishta built this bone. It means that after God, um, in this case, I guess, separated um, Adam and Chava, made them into two. So he then braided her hair and um, presented Chava to Adam Rishon. Because in the um, in the cities of the sea, they call we um, braiding binyasa. So by even is a, a reference to braiding, that Chava's hair was braided when Adam was finally able to see this person who was shared a back with him. Okay? Hashem Or another way to understand it is that God built teaches that God Built Chava like a storage um, house. Ma'otzer zet rachov milamata v'katsu milamala k'dei lekabelas aperes. Just like a storage house is wider on the bottom and narrower on the top, so that it can properly accommodate the fruits that it is storing. So afa isha 
Rechavim in the Mata, Uktsar in the Mala, Kedelekabala Sabalad. Also, a woman is wider, lower down, and narrower, higher up, so that it can prop, so that she can properly, properly, um, accommodate a baby. There's another interesting, um, shot in Gemara Nida on Daf Memhewan Bez that says, Vayiven, that Melamed Shabini Yisera Yeshlo that a woman has more intuition than a man. That's an interesting one. I don't wonder why they left it out over here. Vayvi'el Ela Adam, at the Abishter brought her to Adam Arishon. Melamed Shasa Kadosh Baruch Hu Shushvinus Adam Arishon. So it teaches that God kind of took care of Adam Arishon to make sure that he got married and he was Labadik. So we learn from here that a gadol, a bigger person, should, um, an older person, should take care of the younger people to make sure that they get married and that it's labadik and stuff like that. Very interesting question. So if you say that Adam Arishon was really created with two parts to him, so he was really only half him, but also half her. So who got to walk in front? Who got to see where they were going and make the navigation decisions? So Amr of Nachman Bar Yitzchak Mistavid Zachar Sagi Bereisha. So Nachman basically says, you know, it would make sense to say that the man walked in front. How come? Titania is within the Bereisha. Yehalich Adam Achori Isha Baderch. Well, a man shouldn't walk behind a woman. So makes sense then that the man was walking in front. Vafilui Ishto, even if she is his wife. What if they're walking on a bridge? So walk, you know, besides her to go around her. I guess if he gets the bridge and there's a woman in front of him, so I guess she should speed up to try to go around her. Uh-oh. Anybody who walks behind a woman in a river, there's no portion in the world to come. All right, be careful about that. Taner Rabbanon, the rabbis taught, somebody who's like giving money from, um, somebody who's giving money to a woman from his hand to her hand, or from her hand to his hand, just that he can look at her. Even if this fellow is similar to Moshe Rabbeinu who uh, received Torah from Mount Sinai, he will not be spared from the judgment of hell. And about him the Pasuk says, that hand to hand he will not be um, uh, acquitted from evil. He will not be acquitted from the sentence of hell. Amr of Nachman says of Nachman, Manoach Amaretz Hoya, that Manoach um, the father of Shimshon was in Amaretz. Shinemar's apostle says, Vayakum Vayelech Manoach Achre Ishto. That it says that Manoach walked after his wife. Now, as we just learned, that you shouldn't walk after even your wife, we said. So, Maskif Lev Nachm Bar Yitzchak. Rav Nachm Bar Yitzchak takes, um, you know, as a problem with what Rav Nachman said. El Meata Gabi Alkona. Tichsavayelech Alkona Achre Ishto. What about Alkona? That Okana was Hannah's husband. It says that Okana walked behind his wife. Um, now, uh, there are those who point out that actually this Pasuk doesn't exist. So there may be a um, mistake in the text. But then it says, So would you say that Okana was a um, 
And Amar, it's also Megabi Elisha. What about the Prophet Elisha? It says, That by the Isha Shunamis, it says that he walked behind her. Hachinami, you can say that also he's an Amaretz because uh, he walked behind the woman. No, No, what it means is that he walked behind her, not literally that she was in front and he was behind. It means that he took her advice and he, and he walked, I guess, with her to where they had to go. So also by Manoach, it doesn't mean that he walked behind his wife. It means that he walked, you know, he followed her directive. So says Ravashi, and that which of Nachman said that Manoach was an Amaretz. Clearly, Rav Nachman. Oh, oh, this makes more sense. Oh, this makes more sense. Okay, I, I thought that, you know, when I was learning this, I thought that, that Rav Ashi was accusing Rav Nachman of like not even reading Psukim. Which I thought was very strange because Rav Nachman was like a very early Amora and Rav Ashi was, was a late Amora. So it was very, I thought it was very like interesting that Rav Ashi would be criticizing Rav Nachman in such a severe way to say that he didn't even learn Chumash. But no, I don't think that's what he's saying. No, meaning, I think what Rav Ashi is saying is that based on Rav Nachman's opinion, that Manoach was an Amaretz because he walked behind his wife. Not only, you know, was he an Amaretz, it means he didn't, Manoach didn't even learn Chumash if you take that Mahalik. Right? If you say that Manoach is an Amaretz because he, um, you know, maybe it's his way of, maybe it's Ravashi's way of arguing on, on, on Rav Nachman to say that, you know, it's hard to argue that Manoach didn't even learn Chumash. But, you know, if you accept that Mahalik of Rav Nachman, that Manoach was an Amaretz because he walked behind his wife, so not only um, did he walk by? Not, is he, not only is he an Amaretz, but he didn't even learn basic Chumash, right? The Chsev is the Pazak says, by Rivka, Batakum, Rivka, Venairosel, Batirkabna, Alagmalim. That Rivka and her, um, and her people, they got up and they rode on the camels, Batilachna, Achareish, and they walked behind the man, Velolifneish. They didn't walk in front of Eliezer, they walked behind Eliezer, i.e., um, you know, uh, they avoided a situation where you'd have the man walking behind the woman. So according to Rav Nachman, it says that Manoach was an Amaretz, he didn't even learn, you know, Psukim in Parshish Chayisar. Amr B'yochanan, says Rav Yochanan, better to walk behind a lion than to walk behind a woman. Alright? Better to walk behind a woman though than to walk behind a Vodazara. Better to walk behind Avodah uh, Zarah though, than to walk behind a synagogue where they are praying and you are not joining them. Okay. Because that would look like you are denying God by not joining these fellows who are praying. Isn't that interesting? That all of those years that Adam Arishon was in excommunication, I guess he, I think maybe it was like a self-excommunication during, uh, or maybe not. What does Rashi say? It says Rashi, That God got very, very upset at Adam Arishon because he ate from the um, eight Sadas. So then, Vikilo, and it says that he cursed Adam Arishon. So I guess Adam Arishon, after this whole episode with the eight Sadas, he 
spent the next 130 years in excommunication. And during this time, he gave birth to all sorts of spirits and demons. Isn't that interesting? Shenemar, as the Pazim says, shana, that Adam lived for 130 years, and only after 130 years did he give birth um, in his image. Which implies that until now, he didn't give birth in his image. Rather, he was giving birth to all sorts of spirits and demons and stuff. But one second, we have a kasha from a Braissa. Adam Rishon was a big chassid. I wonder what kind. Once he saw that death was introduced to the world because of his actions with the Eisadas, Yashav B'tainis Me'e Ushloshim Shana, he fasted for 130 years. Uferish Mina Isha Me'e Ushloshim Shana. And he separated himself from his wife for 130 years. Ve'ela Zirzei Te'enim Abusaro Me'e Ushloshim Shana. And he put like um, fig branches on his uh, on his flesh for 130 years as like a way of like, you know, because he ate, according to some opinions, it was a fig branch. So it was a fig tree that he ate from. So he like, I don't know, somehow made his life uncomfortable by wrapping fig branches uh, around his skin. So, so on the one hand, you know, we're saying that he was giving birth to like spirits and demons. Yet on the other hand, apparently, he was completely celibate for 130 years. So my answer is, When we say that he gave birth to spirits and demons, even while being celibate, it means that that, that, that came from the um, seed that he saw, just like against his will, that just kind of came out of his body on his own. From that um, came these spirits and demons. From Rabbi Yirmiya ben Elazar, and says Rabbi Yirmiya ben Elazar, Miktas shvachos ladam omen befanov, vechulos shalom befanov. It's a very famous Gemara that we limit the amount of praise that we give to a person in their presence. Yet when we are um, outside of their presence, when we are not in their presence, then we can go all out and really give lots and lots of praise to an individual. Miktas shvachos befanov. How do we know that in a person's presence? We minimize, we limit the amount of praise that we say about them. Because God, when He was speaking directly to Noah, He says, I have seen you as a righteous person in this generation. And how do we know that when you are not in somebody's presence, you can get, you know, really give the, um, maximum amount of praise? That it says about Noah, and Noach was a tzaddik tamim. He was a whole tzaddik. So, whereas when God was speaking to Noach, he says regular tzaddik, but when he's not in front of Noach, he says tzaddik tamim, a complete tzaddik. What does it mean that when one of the times that Noach sent out the dove, it came back with a um, olive branch in its mouth? The olive, the, 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 the dove said before God, Master of the world, I would much prefer to have my food be as bitter as raw olives. However, in your hands, I would rather that 
then have food that is as sweet as honey, but be given to me from a human being, in this context, Noach. It says over here in the context of, I mean, how do we know that this is what the uh, Yonah, that this is what the dove was saying? Because it says over here that there was a olive branch that was taraf b'fia. And it also says in the Pazak, Hatrifeni lechem chuki. Give me um, my bread. So Hatrifeni is like uh, referring to sustenance. So the dove was saying that I prefer to receive bitter sustenance from you, God, than sweet sustenance from um, Noach. Says ben Elazar that any house that 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 right, that the words of Torah are heard in it at night, so it will never be destroyed. Shinemar, as the puzzle says, somebody who's mirrors balayla, somebody who um, you know has the beautiful beautiful tunes of Torah at night. So he will never say, Ayeloka Osai, where is the God who created me? Kilu, he will never lose his house and be standing on the rubble of his house and saying, Where is God? Um, but if a person learns Torah at night, so then um, he will hopefully avoid that predicament. From the day that the was destroyed, it's enough for the world. For the world to um, use the name of God of two letters, Shneimar the Pazit says, Luka," that all souls will praise God with Ka, with Yud Hey. Right in the Beis Hamikdash, the Kohanim would bless with the Shema Mefarash with Yud Kei Vav Kei. However, now that um, there's no Beis Hamikdash, so you do not have the Kohanim saying God's name of Yud Kei Vav Kei. So then, um, now everyone just praises God with Yud Hey. That when Bavel was cursed, well, also its neighbors were cursed. But when Shomron in Eretz Yisrael was cursed, well, its neighbors, that became a blessing for its neighbors. How do you know that when Bavel was cursed, so also it, it was a curse for its neighbors? They'll just be like a barren area for like these interesting creatures and um, and waters and swampy waters, i.e., nobody wants to live beside an area with interesting creatures and swampy waters. But Niskala Shomon is Baruch Hashem. How do we know that when Shomron was cursed, however, that was a um, blessing for its neighbors? The Chassidus says, I will make Shomron. I will basically destroy Shomron. It will just be empty land, but land that can then be cultivated into beautiful vineyards and fields. So um, not having them there on account of the curse was actually beneficial for the neighbors who can now use that area. I think it was a very beautiful daf, you know. So let's discuss what we learned. We started the second parak of Masechta Ervin. Uh, we began with our discussions of Pase Beiraos, these interesting enclosures around public uh, around these wells in public land, public area. So we had initially talked about three opinions regarding Pasibiros, thought that maybe they could be in, that they would be inconsistent with our Mishnah, but found a way to resolve them and say that they could be in line with our Mishnah. They were Hananya who says 
uh, that at least by um, watering holes, you must have proper walls. The Havamina was to say that also he would say that Pasibiros wouldn't work by wells either, to which we say, no, maybe just by watering holes, uh, Hananya says you have to have proper walls, but maybe by wells he would agree, like our mission that you can use Pasibiros. Rabbi Akiva said not only wells can you make Pasibiros, but even by public water holes. So we wanted to think that maybe he was going a little too far, that our mission would not allow public water holes, um, watering holes, only wells. So the Mishnah says, so the Gemara says, no, maybe uh, our Mishnah can even include wells, um, uh, no, can even include public watering holes, just that it's stuck with wells because it's the more straightforward opinion, i.e. because all wells you can make possibly for, whereas when it comes to watering holes, then you have to get into more details, it depends if it's public or private, so it avoided it, but not, not, not because the Mishnah necessarily has anything against public watering holes. Rabbi Yudu Ben Bava said that um, you can only use Pasibiros for public wells. Um, and then we said that it's possible that you can explain our Mishnah to say also as a reference to public wells. Then we got into all sorts of interesting agaditas. Um, we had a uh, discussion that was we had largely encountered in Masech the Brachas about Adam Arishan. Was he created? Uh, was Adam Arishan both Adam and Chava together? Or maybe just a male with a tail? And, and then we got into some other interesting um, gemaras about Admiration giving birth to like all sorts of interesting demon, demonic kind of things. And very famous gemara of Mixas Shvachol Shal Adam Befanav V'Chulu Shal about giving um, you know limited praise to a person in his presence or in her presence. However, um, outside of this person's presence, um, to maximize your um, admiration for this individual. And um, other interesting agaditas. I hope that you enjoyed Daf Yudches of Masechta Erevin. And I hope you enjoy uh, your day or night or whatever equally as much. Peace.